Hey, good morning, afternoon, or evening, good people. Wherever you are, however we're together, thank you for being here. I'm Dave, and this is Dave's Head. So, what's in my head? I feel like it's uh, Groundhog's Day because Trump's been indicted <laughs> again. Um, this time, 37, 37 felony counts related to his mishandling of classified documents, obstructing justice, making false statements, doing the Trump thing. I mean, it's, it's par for the course at this point. And, you know, the usual stuff happens, Republicans and his, his followers, his sheep followers, um, he's the most unfairly treated person in the world, it's a political witch hunt, all the different things that, that you know, he's basically putting out there, Fox News is basically putting out there. Um, Forgetting the fact that he's kind of caught on tape, um, the man just won't shut up. Like I, I don't, I've never seen someone who either just does not listen to his attorneys or doesn't care about the repercussions of things he says legally, because literally he's putting his stuff out in there in, into the world, which could be used in every single trial that he's a part of. So he's, two indictments at this point. There's probably a third one coming from Georgia. Um, it, it, it's just. The man must really actually have all this money because there's no way he's paying all these lawyers for all these cases and all these different things going on. He's either writing the biggest IOUs to these lawyers or he's just got a, a shit ton of money and just has a disposal. Disposable just to pay these guys because at some point, and there's a, there's a rumor that came out in one of the reports that said that uh, one of the lawyers, I think he's no longer part of the team, but one of the lawyers went to Trump and said, hey, listen, how about you have, let me talk to the attorney general and we can work out a deal or something. No jail time, pay some fine, probation, whatever. You know, whatever on in that class of people get. Because me, you, we wouldn't get that. Them, they get that. But he told them no, basically. Um, he, I think really the mentality is that the more these things happen, the more indictments, the more charges, the more cases and trials and all that stuff that happens, his martyrdom gets built up a lot more. His victimhood that he plays gets built up a lot more and supported a lot more and the more his followers think of him as this unfairly treated victim of political attack and witch hunts and all you know the different terms that he uses but it's kind of hard when and let's say i didn't have anything against trump which i really don't i really don't care about trump but let's say that i was completely neutral just woke up from living under a rock for the last 10 years and I got to experience Trump just this year with the indictments that he's had and the things he said, political speak and all the stuff, the speeches he's given. I wouldn't feel sorry for him only because best practice and best for him is to keep his mouth shut. Right. How many times you heard um, somebody tell you, you know, if you get pulled over by the cops, just don't say anything. Or if you're, you know, you get questioned or stopped by the cops, don't say anything because anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. It's literally <laughs> part of you getting read your Miranda rights is anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. You're putting the, these things out on his social media networks. I think he might be back on Twitter, um, but you're putting all these things out on social media. You're giving all these speeches. You're, you're saying you're incriminating yourself over and over and over again. And I never understand it. I never understand his mentality. Either he really does not care because he thinks he's untouchable or he's not as smart as he wants you to believe he is. Because th those really are only two things that could possibly explain why Trump is Trump. Now, I get it. I get the power hungry stuff. I get the, you know, the, 
the, the family wants to build wealth and all that stuff. I don't get the blatant disregard for rules and law from the law and order president, by the way. But I don't get the blatant disrespect, disregard um, for rules and law as if literally nothing bad can happen to him. But history has kind of told us he's gotten away with everything he's he's done in life. So, I mean, at this point, why we I think he's 78 or 79 years old, somewhere around there. Give or take 10 years. He's in that 10 year window. But I mean, if you got, say, 75, if you're 75 years in and everything you wanted to do, you did the things you did wrong. There were no repercussions. Why would you start caring about it now? Right. Even look at his 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 hearings in New York and, and then most recent one in Miami. He goes in to get arraigned. You know, me and you go and get arraigned. We're handcuffed behind us. You know, they might even put the jacket over the top of our face, protect us from the cameraman and the media and all that stuff. He goes in, no handcuffs, digital fingerprints, not even the black stuff on the fingers. There was a mugshot actually taken this time. because I think in New York, there was no mugshot, but there was a mugshot taken for this federal indictment, which remains private. Now, why? I have no idea. Other than the fact that that's a different class of people. And in that class, your mugshot's protected because, you know, two things would happen. One, if that mugshot became public, there would be memes for days. But it would also be campaign posters all over the country from probably Biden's camp or all the other people who are running against Trump right now on the Republican side um, for the nomination. They would be using that mugshot all over the place. And so in a way, it was a political favor for or to Trump by the, the feds by not making that mugshot public. But it must be nice. I mean, it must be nice to be treated differently. Like I said, if it was you or me, and maybe some of the ones on the other side of this use aren't, you know, going to feel the same way. But if it's you or me, we're handcuffed. Our mugshots blasted all over 6 o'clock news. Um, we're losing our passport, which, by the way, he didn't lose his passport either. Um, there's no way. We might even still be in jail. You never know. Because we wouldn't have been released on RRR. Um, but it's it's just the way that he's operated. So why would just coming full circle, why would he change? Why would he decide one day, let me do the right thing. Let me actually care about rules, regulations, laws, crime, punishment. Let me care about those things. Why? He's done what he's wanted to for 70 plus years, but it's nice to be treated differently. It's, I mean, it's nice when you see this in living color and nobody talks about it. And nobody talks about how Trump's treated differently. Even, you know, former president, still got Secret Service detail for 10 years. I get it. He's going to have his security. But if Lady Justice is truly blind, then once you're charged or indicted, you're like any other criminal, potentially, because you're innocent until proven guilty. But when you're indicted, you're treated like every other person who's indicted in this country should be. So if I'm ever indicted, for anything one day, I'm going to demand that I have no hair, no handcuffs, digital fingerprints, keep my passport, and you can have my mugshot, but don't release it to the public. I'm going to see if that works for me. But hopefully I never get indicted. Hopefully that's never a thing. Next thing on my mind is, speaking of penalties, um, it's kind of two parts. So I'm actually squeezing in a fourth thing. But um, Bill Cosby, um, back in the news, you know, he was released from... Jail, I, I want to say a year ago, maybe two. 
at this point. Um, case was overturned. Um, but Nevada recently, uh, a law went into effect that removed statute limitations on um, suits that you could bring against people who've done you wrong, essentially. Abusers, rape, whatever, whatever it is. The statute of limitations was extended. And actually in other states as well, this is kind of happening where either it's being extended or a temporary grace window is being opened up to allow for some lawsuits to take place where normally they wouldn't be able to because the statute of limitations would have passed on it. Um, for those who may not know, statute of limitations basically says, for instance, if you did me wrong, the statute of limitations may be 10 years. That means I have 10 years to sue you. 10 years in one day, I no longer have the power or right to sue you. That's what statute of limitations mean. And so by statute of limitations being waived in some states for these types of cases or temporarily um, waived for a time period, like a year, because I think one of the states, they're waiving it for a year. So you have a year to file this case, even though it's outside statute of limitations, statute of limitations is waived for one year. And then after a year, apparently it just goes back to effect and you can't do it. But so nine more women have come forward um, to sue him in Nevada. And I suspect there's going to be more um, as well. And so here, here's another person. Um, now, now, he's definitely treated a little different than than Trump. Um, but here's another one that, you know, I, I'm wondering about his net worth because, again, lawyers are not cheap. Ask me how I know. Um, but all these lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And even going back to Trump and, and the, the way I feel a little sad for both Trump and Cosby is all of this stress is is taxing. They're not. 20 year olds they're 70s 80s i think cosby's in his 80s but and so there, there's part of me that thinks you know these things keep piling on piling on piling on you can run somebody into a grave because of the stress but bill cosby is interesting because you know it's america's dad it's uh the cosby show which actually i was watching last week i think um whatever the the channel is it's one of those smaller channels but they run the cosby's all the time um and so i'm imagining he's getting royalties from that every month for in perpetuity, like perpetuity, like after he's dead, his family's going to get royalties from the Cosby show. I'd imagine, but it's the idea of America's dad doing the things that he's accused of by so many women at this point. I actually do not even have a ballpark of what, how many women it is at this point. I'm get it's 20, 30, 40. I have no idea. The contrast between Trump's accusers and Cosby's accusers and what people believe and refuse to believe is really interesting because essentially they're both accused by multiple women of doing the exact same thing, but just different methods of doing it. Apparently Cosby liked pills and, and liquid and Trump just said, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Um, and I'm gonna make you do what I want to do without the pills and the liquid, but how easily people believe Cosby and Cosby's, I'm sorry, not Cosby, but Cosby's accusers, and that Cosby did this versus the people who refuse to believe that Trump did these same things is, is, is shocking in many ways. Because, again, lived on a rock for a year, crawled out. And all I saw was 20, 30 women, Cosby, 20, 30 women, I'm guessing. And again, there's so many women. It's been so long. I don't know the numbers anymore. But 20, 30 women for both of them. Accusing him, stories matching up a lot. He did this, and the other one says he did this slightly different. And the other one says he did this slightly different than the other one, but all the same type of thing. You know, people, when they get away with things, they kind of create the pattern, the same thing. They use the same tools. They, they use the same methods. And so 
crawling out from a rock after a year and seeing these two side by side, if you put a blindfold on me, it didn't tell me who was one and who was the other, by the way, under rock for a year, I wouldn't know anyway, but I would believe both of the groups of women because there's that much repetitive evidence. And so you wonder as far as end game is concerned, you wonder, is it really a class protectionism thing going on in this country? Because again, you or me, we getting these indictments. We're already in jail. We're probably not getting out. We're not keeping our passports. We're not living at home. We're not doing the comfort things that we're used to doing. There's no way. And so it's sad. And I feel bad for the women because when does that trauma end? When does that memory end? Because you're constantly in the news. You're constantly trying to fight for this. Oh, this legislation just passed. Let me try again. And it's constantly bringing up whatever scarring that you have. In one case, you have Cosby relatively saying nothing. But the other case, you have Trump basically disparaging him. I would never date this woman. She's ugly. She's this, making fun of. And then there's the one woman, I think, in New York who actually won a, a suit against him and went back to court to refile because he keeps talking. And so she wants to punish him some more, which, listen, again, Trump, shut up. Don't I, I, shut up. I, I don't know what to say. The second part of penalties is John Morant. Now, I'm, I'm, I've talked about this before. I'm a little torn on this because he, so to get to the end and then talk, we'll, we'll step back 25 game suspension plus conditions. Um, so he's required to formulate and fulfill some sort of program to lead. That's been not specified and not, you know, no details around it, but it's something he has to do in addition to the 25 games as part of the conditions that are on top of that. And so obviously this is Ja who's, you know, Got a gun flashing around on TikTok and Instagram lives and whatever he's doing. Of note, didn't shoot anybody. Didn't commit any crimes. Just posted a video. And the thing is, in this country, which this country loves its guns, where I'm torn is, yeah, you probably don't want your superstar NBA player flashing, waving guns and blah, 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 blah. But he's not missing practice over it. He's not getting arrested for it. He's not doing anything illegal. So where does the NBA, and and I can see this being part of the appeal, whether it's the um, players association, he might take legal steps, who knows? Because he, he has not broken any laws. Now it's a image thing obviously for the NBA, they might not like their superstar doing this. I get it. I 100% get it. But are we going to then start telling athletes, you can't have a cigarette in your mouth. You can't smoke cigars. You can't be in a really, 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 really fast car driving fast. Um, now, obviously, you probably wouldn't want to film yourself breaking the speed limit. But I'm like, if you go into a track and doing all types of stuff or daredevil stunts, you can't parachute. You can't you know, skydive, jump out of a plane. Where, where does the, because again, what I come back to is no laws were broken. And so the only caveat I have with this is, I think I said this the first time with the first incident when there's all this backlash and blah, blah, blah. If he signed or made an agreement with the NBA to not do this type of thing, or there would be penalties. And then he did this thing, then he should have penalties. 
if you agree, <clears throat> excuse me, if you agree not to do these things, if you made an agreement with the NBA to not to do these things and you did these things, I can't. Sorry, can't defend you. But if this is just a image thing, I don't want to see this with my superstar. Then I, I gotta kind of side with John Morant. He has the right to own and possess weapons. Second Amendment, right? We love the Second Amendment. It's on his time. He's not doing. He's not flashing guns in locker rooms and and going to the uh, bag on the side of the court like um, above the rim. I think that was above the rim with um, Tupac and uh, the rest of the guys. But um, nobody, no one was hurt in the making of this video. You know, like they they say uh, for movies. But I get it. Image, yeah, totally get it. Don't want the, don't want you to star waving the guns in the air and 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 thugging and all this other stuff. Okay. But where does the regulation stop, right? Liberty, freedom. You have the right to do it. It's it's just a it's a weird dynamic because again, if he made an agreement not to do it, he look, sorry buddy, you, you said you wouldn't do it. If there's no agreement, if there's no some nothing in the CBA, collective bargaining agreement, um, nothing in his contract, I'd sue. I really would. Because 25 games, I, listen, I don't know how much he makes. I'm imagining 25 games is going to cost him a lot of money. And so, yeah, you're going you're gonna, <laughs> to, something's got to give. 25 games, nah. I mean, there's only 82 games in a season. So you're, you're looking at about a quarter of the season. A little more than a quarter of the season. So, yeah, I could see him soon. What's in my head is brought to you in part by Digga Movers, your safe and swift moving company. An A-plus rated one-stop shop licensed and insured moving company, providing local and long-distance services on the move. For more information, visit their website at www.diggamovers.com or call 1-888-77-DIGGA. That's 1-888-773-4436. The last thing that's, that's on my mind is something that's kind of... Um, laughable but also celebratory congratulatory i don't know if congratulatory is a word but i'm i'm using it right now so big fan of undisputed skip and shannon um that airs on a network i don't want to get in trouble by saying network names but after seven years on undisputed unk as we call him um left undisputed and i'll say fox sports one um there's there's rumors out there that potentially he's going to ESPN. I say rumors because that's, you know, the Twitter sphere and Instagram world and all that. Everybody's a speculatory expert right now. But um, it kind of would make sense a little bit, right? Because he, he got his contract bought out for Undisputed, but also, which I didn't realize that they were also uh, producing and, and paying for as well, um, his uh, Club Shay uh, podcast and all that that he does. And so I think he owns the rights to both of those now. Well, not both of those, the uh, the podcast. Um, but Undisputed is one of my favorite shows. Comes on 9.30 East Coast time, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, sometimes I get to watch it. Sometimes I watch the YouTube clips because I'm a busy guy. But this, to me, has been coming for a couple months now. Um, if you're a fan of the show, if you watch it enough, you know Unk and Skip go back and forth on things. As they should. It's a debate show. You're supposed to debate. But there were two instances recently. Um, the first, remember, Mar Hamlin. Um, who had the unfortunate incident where his heart stopped in the middle of the Bills. I think it was Bills and Bengals game, I think it was. Monday night game. And um, 
Skip tweeted something that a lot of people took offense to. Um, now, I will say this. Yes, the skip, the, the, the tweet was a tad distasteful, bad timing. So I get people being pissed off at that. It makes sense. I was, I didn't, I like, I didn't like the tweet. I didn't like the tweet either. It's also the backlash is because it's skip and skip rubs people the wrong way. He gets under people's skin. He says things without regard, um, all that. And so there was that. And then there was also an incident. So there was a thing where um, Unk took off a day. It was Skip by himself. He came back and he was trying to have a little monologue and Skip didn't even let him finish the monologue before he started interrupting him and saying what he would and wouldn't do about the tweet. And so they were kind of pissed off about that. You can see that that was, you know, that rubbed Shannon Sharp the wrong way. A little before that, there was this huge scene where Skip basically disrespected Shannon Sharp because of something that Shannon said about his his fanboy lover whatever you want to call it Tom Brady his god his football god Tom Brady and Skip took a shot at him basically he said you know downplayed his career said Tom is way better than you and all this other stuff and Skip even took his glasses off which you know I don't wear glasses all the time I'm supposed to be wearing them in front of a computer like I am right now but you know somebody take their glasses off Usually they're ready to fight because they don't want to break their glasses or they take them off, put them somewhere safe. But Skip took his glasses off. I'm sorry, um, Shannon took his glasses off. And Skip's like, you know, put your glasses back on all this stuff. But you could tell Unk was hot. It was very dis- it was very disrespectful. And I don't know behind the scenes, Skip ever apologized for that or if he just, you know, stuck to his guns like he did with Jalen Rose and, and Stephen A. Smith and all the other guys when he said something offensive. But so Unk's going. Where he's going to go? He hasn't released yet, but to me, Unk is kind of the higher, kind of the hotter commodity right now at this point. I'm sorry, Unk is the hotter commodity at this point. Skip, yeah, he it's Skip and Shannon. It, you know, he's the first name on the list. He's a headliner, whatever you want to call it. He's a more experienced TV person. He's done a lot for people, by the way. He got Shannon into the TV business. He he helped Stephen A. Smith get into the TV business. So he he's done a lot of good stuff. He's also an asshole, and. At this point, though, I think the draw for Undisputed was more Unk than Skip. People tuned in kind of like they they paid for Floyd Mayweather fights. They wanted to see him lose so bad. And so people tuned in, I think, to hear Skip say something dumb and have Shannon blow it up. Um, But Unk is hot. He's got the the Club Shea, which, again, that was brought out as well. Um, Laportier which is um, his cognac. You love some cognac. Just follow him on Instagram. Um, I'm actually going to buy a bottle. I actually was looking the other day when I was preparing for this episode. Um, and I didn't realize it was that cheap. Not that, you know, I'm not rolling in money, but I didn't realize I could get it for that cheap. But um, I look at this as a level up for Ankh. I look at this as sometimes you have to level up from something that appears to be a good thing. And make no mistake about it. Undisputed was a good thing. Unk could have stayed there for another seven years, easily. Him and Skip could have been tag teaming, talking about Tom Brady and LeBron and all the other mainstay topics, Dallas Cowboys and all the other main and the Eagles and all the mainstay topics that they have. They recycle all the time. They could have done that for another seven years, perfectly fine. But as the saying goes, strike when the iron is hot, right? And Unk is hot right now. Between his podcast, his the Portier, um, 
the other initiatives he's got going on, he, he, he's rolling right now. But I think that would have limited him if he stayed there because he would have just been the Shannon to Skip. It would have just been undisputed Skip and Shannon. And so, like Unk, like in life, you don't turn down or waste an opportunity to level up, even if to the outside where you are seems admirable, seems like the right fit. To the outside world, if you weren't aware of those two incidents, the Damar Hamlin incident and the Tom Brady incident, outside of that, Skip was in a good spot. To everyone else, he looked like, you know, undisputed to the show. People are tuning in to watch this debate every day, Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 12, I think they are, East Coast time. They're, they weren't hurting for ratings at all. But at the same time, if you see a level up, take it. And that's advice for, I think, anybody and everybody. If you see a level up opportunity, whether it's a person, whether it's a job, whether it's a different city, location, house, whatever, relationships. If you see a level up opportunity, you know, consider the pros and cons. If you're me, you consider pros and cons. You do checklists and spreadsheets and all this stuff. And then you finally come to a conclusion three weeks later. But some level ups stare you in the face so hard that you kind of have to take it. Especially if you're hot like Ankh is. Because look at it like this. Fox News could have said, or Fox um, FS1 could have said, no, no, we're not going to buy you out. You got a contract. You're going to ride this out. But they see how hot he is and know that he's on fire right now. And so here you go. Buy it out. Hopefully we'll get somebody else in there and keep this show going on with Skip. But congratulations, Donk. Um, Like I said, I will be buying a bottle of your, 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 your cognac soon. I might do it for um, between trips I have coming up. I might do it for them. But um, congrats to Unk. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for him. Um, and definitely will continue following his uh, podcast and everything else. But that's what's in my head. So the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence produces a fact sheet on domestic violence. Um, some interesting things that I... I found when I perused and, and did the research for this episode, um, looking into this, came across some interesting stats that I want to share. Uh, 20 people per minute are physically abused by intimate partner in the United States, which equates to about 10 million plus a year, which is a lot of people. Um, one in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. Uh, one in five women and one in seven men have been victims of severe physical uh, violence by their intimate partner. One in seven women, one in 25 men have been injured by an intimate partner. Um, so you look at those numbers. Uh, one, I'm surprised that the men ratio is so close to the women because I, I thought there was a, a bigger disparity, although injuries kind of make sense. Um, but one in 10 women have been raped by an intimate partner. Um, and there's no current data on males, which is not surprising because for many reasons, either we don't report it or um, it's kind of probably looked at as like, you didn't get raped, come on, you're a guy. Yeah, it's um, a stigma, and I feel like um, it's 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 bullshit. Like the stigma with the mm-hmm. whole thing, because I feel like the same way women get abused, it mm-hmm. men as well get abused, and it's not like a matter that we should be laughing or celebrating. And I know that like if you tell an officer like, hey, like my wife is hitting me mm-hmm. or my girlfriend is hitting me, I know like there have been men that I know personally that get laughed at because they're like, well, aren't you the man? And I feel like. Hopefully now in 2023, we could kind of, you know, change the tides because it does suck. Change that. Yeah. 
So for, for my my listeners on my podcast, they're used to me doing a monologue before my guest comes in. Um, so this one's a little different. We uh, we have no dialogue to start, but <laughs> don't worry. I'll introduce my guest in one second. Um, let me finish this real quick. So on a typical day, there's more than 20,000 phone calls um, to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. 20,000 um, per day, which is, I mean, some of these numbers that I've come across looking up doing this research are just kind of mind blowing to me because it's not something that's normally a part of my life, not something that I'm doing research on on a daily basis or anything like that. And so coming across these numbers, like 20,000 phone calls a day is a lot. That's 10,000 every 12 hours. I mean, just, just doing divide in a half. I mean, that's a lot of phone calls. Um, the presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation increases, increases the risk of homicide by 500%. Um, and the, the last one that I'll share is intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crime. That's across every type of violent crime you can think of. Domestic violence accounts for 15% of that, which I think is a huge chunk. But uh, before I bring in my, my guest for this episode, I do want to give you this one quote um, that I came across. And, and I'll read it and I'll tell you who actually did it and where it's located. So the quote is this. Sometimes, no matter how hard we try for someone and hope that they will get better in time, they never do. Abusive relationships shouldn't have a key to your chambers of heart. Hold your key and keep it close. Don't end up getting addicted to such pain or human beings, for that matter. You might not be Thor, but they can surely be Loki and hold you prisoner to their trickster nature. That's by uh, Sija Hussein, uh, Red Sugar No More. It's about relationships and, and feelings going wrong. Um, two things about that quote uh, before I bring in my guest. One, it, it referenced, um, you know, the Marvel um, Avengers, which, you know, I'm a big Marvel Avengers person. And so it made, it made complete sense to me. Just reading through it, I, I understood the abusive part of it, but I also understood the reference to Loki and to um, Thor. Um, the second thing is, yeah, the first part talks about having someone have too much control over you, having a key to your heart, and not to give anyone that power, especially when they're not going to change, you see they're not going to change, which is true for all types of situations, all types of relationships. But I'm talking about this because I want to bring in my guest for this episode, Eileen Santos. A little bit about her. She has a BA in criminology from John Jay. She has always been immersed in true crime communities since the age of five. We're going to talk about that. And she is an abusive relationship survivor. And through her podcast, MVP, Murder, Blood, and Psychopaths, she informs listeners from all over the world how to survive and thrive after an abusive relationship. So Eileen, again, welcome to Dave's Ed. How's it going? Hello, as Dave had already introduced me, um, my name is Eileen Santos. And of course, um, my true crime podcast, Murder, Blood, and Psychopaths, the very first episode was definitely about myself living in an abusive relationship, especially at the age of 17 years old, 18. And it wasn't something I grew up with. It wasn't something that was modeled in my home. It just gradually happened. And I didn't even know I was in it until it was too late. Gotcha. Yeah. So we, we've kind of gone off my, my script a little bit. And it's, I would say it's kind of interesting um, because this topic, um, as I was preparing for it, I prepare for all my episodes and do the research. Um, me personally, having been in a relationship that was abusive, um, looking at the other side and talking about, man, we don't report this stuff and things are looked at differently for us um, and talking about that stigma. Um, so there was a little bit of personal investment in the research that I did for this because when I came across those numbers that I brought up um, before, they really were shocking to me. Um, and you talked a little bit about the stigma. What, what do you see from your research or podcast, your experience, um, the stigmas that appear for both sides, for women who are abused and as well as men? 
honestly, like the statistics that I actually like see and like it's like a reoccurring theme even with like friends and family mm. or not is like these were things that like me being a Latina woman, it wasn't something that we spoke about in our homes. It wasn't something mm. that like I grew up in. It wasn't something that was being modeled. Um, so it was kind of like a little bit like shocking to me when it first happened to me myself. And I kept quiet and I kept silent because I felt like I was going to be judged. And I always felt yeah. like, you know what, maybe it is my fault. Like you always put it on yourself. Like you're like, you know what, maybe it is my fault. And we always try to like, you know, rationalize and always try to say like, you know what, maybe, maybe today, maybe it'll, it'll be different. But that's the thing. It's never different. It's it will they get worse. It didn't. It doesn't matter whether you're a woman and you're gonna welcome a child with this person. It never gets better. And even for like men yeah. to discuss this topic, it's even like 2023. I feel like we've we're getting a little bit better. But even yeah. then, there are still some men that honestly like it's a shame that they carry. You know, and I and I always have to like tell the guys like listen abusive relationship it doesn't have a gender it doesn't have a religion it doesn't it's it doesn't look for you whether you're smart or not it doesn't matter you are human we are all humans you know and if you're in an abusive relationship there are always signs you know and it's just the signs yeah. is kind of like what i ignored yeah yeah and and similar story with me and my uh situation was um an ex of mine who uh communicated violently uh, when she was upset and so because you know i play football i'm a pretty strong guy and i can just kind of fend her off it never occurred to me that this is something that is not healthy long term um, because there was never any real damage to me uh, so to speak until that became the actual reason that we that i wanted divorcing her but it got to that point where it had to go over the top because i just was like yeah whatever she's mad i'll just put her down i'll carry her to the bed whatever and just kind of Nothing ever bad happened, so it never became an actual thing to me until it was too late. And so talking about signs, what kind of signs? And we, the thing now is red flags, right? Everybody's talking about red flags, this, red flag, that. So what kind of red flags, um, even before we get to abuse, um, or should people look for in relationships or potential partners? Me, my red flags that I really, I didn't notice it until I got out of it was the isolation. It started with the isolation and it sl started slowly. And I remember I had this best friend from high school and I used to always hang out with her. And I remember she was like my best friend, like I said, and I was always hanging out with her. So when I met this guy, um, the thing was that he was always demonizing her like, oh, this person isn't good for you. Maybe uh, this this uh, friendship isn't good for you long term. You're going to be called a slut too, you know, guilty by association. And these were things that I actually believed because it doesn't matter how smart you are. Like verbal abuse to me is so much worse than the physical because it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a lot of like the breaking down. And many times it's you sometimes versus you, you know, yeah. and then, and he started isolating me with my friends, with my family, with my mom. And then it got to the point where I started losing weight. I wasn't eating. Um, he would like tell people like, oh, look, uh, I brought this girl, whatever, and she's stupid and she's dumb and she doesn't know how to carry a conversation. Like he would tell yeah. his friends like these things. This is the way like he would actually like introduce me to his friends. And even then, like me, myself, like I really started to believe these things and I really suffered. Like I had a really low self-esteem. 
But like I said, there's always red flags, and I didn't know that that was part of it, but here I was isolated, and it's just him and I, and he's love bombing you, and even, and it sounds crazy, but even when he was the most horrible person, whenever I would see that really good side, whenever there was a glimmer, it felt Mm -hmm. like the most amazing person, and it felt like the abuse was never there, you know, but... Mm -hmm. That's the way your brain rationalizes it. That's just the way, you know, that's how trauma works, you know, and you trauma Mm -hmm. bonds. But that's just, those are kind of like the red flags that you really have to pay attention to. Because if you don't, it's going to happen very gradually and you're not even going to know until it's too late. Yeah, and you touched on a a topic, trauma bonding. Um, Can you elaborate a little bit more into that? Like, how does, is that something that develops over time? Is something that just, it's built into the person so as soon as they get that trigger they, they bond to that trauma and how does it impact them going forward for sure um me personally this is a a, a term that I, I become i became familiar with i want to say like three years because i saw therapy and i have a therapist and my therapist mm-hmm. um spoke to me about uh trauma bonding so it's like this thing where you like you basically are not acknowledging like your pain and you just go like bonding with everyone with your trauma and you're trying to Mm -hmm. help them like kind of like understand your trauma and you're trying to help them kind of cure your trauma but the thing is that it's really not anyone else's responsibility to uh to cure you that that's really something you have to do on your own but in that sense like i said if you don't really ever sit down with yourself to understand like what kind of issues you brought into the relationship then you will Mm -hmm. never know exactly you know like what kind of wrong you did in the relationship because it also takes two. You know, I can sit here and say, this is what he did, but I can also put it on myself too. Like, okay, well then maybe it was a little bit on my part too. You know, it's always me trying to see the good in everyone, trying to work in, Mm -hmm. in a relationship. Doesn't matter how, how bad is failing. I will always try because to me, the trying to me is basically like, it's, it's enforcing me that, I don't quit things. I stay even yeah. till the very end, even when it's not good, but it's something I no longer do. Right. But, um, yeah. I guess sometimes the trauma bonding, you can either, it can happen in two forms. You can either see it being modeled like a family mm. dynamics or your environment. Or many times I didn't, I didn't even know that was even a thing until I got to therapy and the mother was like, yeah, sweetheart, you were trauma bonding. So, wow. yeah. Gotcha. Now you have a you have a personal story involving true crime. And I know we, we haven't gotten to true crime yet, but I know you're very passionate about it. Um, so can you talk about the personal stories you have uh, with true crime? And there, there's something that you've made a mission um, to get closed, like a case closed. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So basically with my story, mine was uh, a story that I wanted to get out because my passion was that I wanted to liberate not just women in chains, but I wanted to liberate anyone who was suffering it doesn't have to be physical or verbal just any kind of abuse in a relationship because i've been through there you know i've been there and it was just um something that i really wanted to get out there but another thing is i had um an aunt and she was my mom's best friend since childhood i believe since middle school and her name was millie and unfortunately in 2007 When I was um, getting to know this guy, my life changed because Mm. this mentor, she was my mentor. 
this person who she thought was her best friend, he came into her home and murdered her. And we were never, yeah, they were never able to find who did that to her. And I've always said it. I was like, Millie, I made a promise to you. And through this platform, I promise you, like, I will find some kind of resolution. If uh, mm-hmm. I've even reached out to law enforcement because it's still a case that's it, it's inactive. It's not a cold one, but it's it's there hasn't been any activity on it. And it's still mm-hmm. unsolved. But this was one of the promises that I also made to my mom because this impacted my mom in, in immense ways. My mom couldn't even sleep by herself for years like my mom was afraid of the dark my mom was so afraid that she was gonna go um out in the same manner that it just it just took a long time to to heal us you know so that's really my mission and i'm like i want justice for her and not just for her for everyone that deserves justice we all deserve justice yeah, and I, and I imagine, you know, when it's something like that where it's not a cold case, but it's inactive in the sense that they're not really actively investigating it. I know it's frustrating. It's got to be frustrating um, because it's your loved one who was taken way too soon and in, in a violent way. Um, and so, like you said, your mom's traumatized. You're, you've gone through trauma, you know, traumatization yourself. Um, what do you think as far as – and so I'll step back for one second. So I've talked about true crime. The closest I get is I watch shows like Betraying the Badge. Um, which I th- believe is um, it's a show about cops who basically they figured out that they were bad cops and they, they threw them, you know, locked them up. Um, there's another show called Homicide City, which is actually based in Philadelphia um, and basically about cold cases and solving them, that type of stuff. Um, but are there organizations out there that specialize in cold case um, solving and have you had any contact with them, reached out to them or partnered with them at all? I haven't because um, I've, literally started this podcast like a year ago so i'm mm-hmm. still like um reaching out to people and i i actually am working closely with a detective that they offered to help me throughout okay. this case because he has um deep connections um he lives in florida mm-hmm. and he has mm-hmm. a friend that um that lives out here and we've been reaching out to the friend to see if maybe there's something in there that maybe we can go back and retest whatever needs to happen but i've always said that i wanted this platform to like whatever money um it garners like i would love to put it towards that and not just towards um my aunt but towards like anyone who really can't like um doesn't have the budget for it we can just retest the dna if that's all that takes just to get these Mm -hmm. cases um solved and and i'm not gonna say like closure because closure to me is like it's it's great to have closure, but it's like, in the same sense, it's like, I, I want answers. We always yeah. want to know exactly why. And answers to me are always important because it's like, you can't take mm. it back. But there was a life that was taken too soon. And it's unfortunate that her son found her in the bathtub. And I don't think, mm. I don't think that was the way for her children to see her and have that memory of her, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely that is my mission to look um, for different organizations in different uh, states, especially, and just work with them. Because like I said, there's a lot of work to do. And I feel like it starts with us, you know, and we just continue to carry the legacy and we have a platform to do so. Well, I I really hope that there's, you know, answers that are that are answered, if you were questions that are answered with this, this case and you get that not closure, but you get those answers. Cause that, that's the other part of it too, right? You can get somebody arrested, thrown in jail for life or whatever the, the punishment is, but 
the why part why why did you do this or why was this this necessary step that you saw is um is, is something that you want answered sometimes that answer isn't satisfying at all as well no. um but you just you want people to answer for what they do and i think that's really the bottom line exactly and i can always understand like even like um i get it like if this was his first time and i get it like years later like i get that people have guilty conscience and they repent and it's like we understand that but it's like in the same breath like how can you just continue to walk around and just since 2007 really just walk around and not and there's just no consequences here like you're you basically have carte blanche to do this potentially to someone else if you haven't already and i'm mm -hmm. hoping and always praying that that's not the case because you don't further want someone else to hurt anyone else's family members that's horrible to deal with the, yeah. it's just it's not it's not good long term but you know gotcha yeah. so talk about your uh, your podcast some more i know you started it a year ago um what was the genesis for how did you get the idea to start it and what do you what do you hope listeners get from your podcast well the genesis for the podcast was i was listening to other podcasters and um mm -hmm. i had two podcasts that i was listening to true crime and they were one of like my top favorite ones so one of them was named morbid and the other one was called true crime mm -hmm. uh junkie okay. crime junkie i mm -hmm. believe and when i heard because they're women when i heard them tell stories about other victims and just uh about even serial killers that i've um that I've uh, watched with my mom on ID Discovery because my mom went to John Jay as well and we share this passion for true crime. We used to sit down on Saturday and catch uh, America's Most Wanted and these were mm. things, and my mom even reached out to America's Most Wanted because she really wanted uh, her best friend's case featured on there to see if we could get some kind yeah. of resolution. But for sure, um, and as I said, like I want this platform to do exactly what it needs to do and I want it, especially, um, I would love for this case to be uh, solved. I want it to be closed, and I would love to bring the closure to our children. And also, mm -hmm. not just for my aunt, but for everyone else, too. Because it does, it, listen, there is such a dark world out there, but I promise you, there is still light at the end of, of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. There's still Absolutely. a little silver lining, you know? And and any which way, any any little light that we can shed on, on this dark situation, may there be light. And let us just yeah. all work together in unison and just do what we need to do together in unity and camaraderie. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was John. It was John Walsh, I think was his name, right? The guy who uh, started that show? Yes, John Walsh. Because of his son, yeah. I believe his son yeah. was murdered very mm -hmm. violently. It was viciously. And it was just... And, and to, like... I looked at Walsh, like seriously, like he is really like one of like my role models because mm. he was another one that honestly made me really want to be an advocate for justice as to why I went to John Jay. Cause I was like, yeah, you know, mm. like I want to, I wanted to uh, become a cop so mm. I can actually um, become a criminal psychologist for this simple purpose of um, criminal psychology and just basically having a profile of the criminals we need mm. to look for to lock them up. Right. But unfortunately, things like that doesn't always work out. And the only thing I have right now is this podcast. And I had a daughter, so I was like, should I go into NYPD with everything that's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, but we're here. Got it. So real quick with the podcast, what do you what do you most like about it? And what do you least like about it? Because, you know, I've been podcasting for four years. I have my highs and lows. Most It's mostly like 99% positive. 
there's that one percent where sometimes I'm just like, I don't feel like doing it. But yeah, I'm I'm right with you. Listen, it's hard because I I wish podcasting would be my only passion, but it's not because mm -hmm. I am a teacher and I teach seventh graders. I teach, I teach social studies, and okay. I haven't been able to put out an episode for like almost a month. Because I was making sure that my kids um, were raising up their grades so I'm not sending kids to summer school. And that was the only downside to it is that I couldn't dedicate the time I wanted to on the podcast because I had to go do this. But you know what? Either way, we're still bridging gaps here. And mm. it's it's that's the only thing I don't like. It's just that, just finding the time management. But everything yeah. with the podcast, what's not to love though? I get on and it's like a therapeutic session like mm -hmm. my listeners give me feedback and i feel like this connection with them and honestly i've never had fans so to me i'm like oh hey like i have a fan <laughs> yeah 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 that is pretty cool yeah like people that support you you know and it's always appreciated mm -hmm. like i am so grateful yeah there, there's a i have a small following i'm not you know joe rogan or any of those guys but um there, there's certain listeners or watchers because i'm on youtube spotify um, who either comment, like, or I'll get emailed. Um, I have feedback forms. I get uh, submissions of that every once in a while. Um, and then I get the, the kind of crazies um, who just don't like anything I'm talking about, or you know, especially on YouTube, because everybody's on YouTube. So I get a lot of commentary there. Um, but no, it's podcasting is fun. But like you said, my biggest thing is time consuming um, because there's the recording, there's the, the guest lineups, there's the work around that, there's the editing, post production, distrib distribution, marketing, all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm a show on its own. Like I have a twin sister and she was helping me with the podcast because she also um, suffered a loss just like I did because mm -hmm. I didn't know that my twin sister was also in an abusive relationship. And I felt like that podcast, mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of bridged that for us. And I, that was the first time that we heard each other's stories being told like mm -hmm. about what we mm -hmm. went through, you know, mm -hmm. and it was just one of those things that were like. We have a story to tell and ours isn't unique. It's not new. And I feel like there's a lot of stories out there like like mine. And I would love to use this platform so we can all hear it because information, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so I was going to be my last question, but I have one more question. So looking back to uh, abuse and relationships, um, what's the, what do you, in your opinion, what's the best way to intervene? And by intervene, I mean... The options are call the cops. The options are call your family. Um, and it, there's different levels of abuse, obviously. Um, it's go to counseling. It's There's so many different options out there. Um, and we're talking about different types of abuse as well. It could just be verbal abuse or emotional abuse. Um, but what do you look towards um, as far as intervention? To try, this is somebody you want to be with the rest of your life. You're married to them or whatever. And you just want to get them to stop and be a better person. You still want the relationship, marriage to continue. What do you see as a pathway or is there a pathway to do that? Or should it just be, look, you're, you're abusive. That's it. That's the thing. Like, I always feel like it's like a double edged sword because like I said, like there's a lot of things that you see that unfortunately there's a lot of people that are in abusive relationship because they're always like trying to be the savior. We're always trying to mm -hmm. save people, especially as a woman, I'm going to my gender, like we women have a very bad habit of fixing things. 
And I feel like that kind of gets us because it's like, it's not our jobs to fix anyone that's broken. It's really not. And I understand if you want the relationship. Yeah, for sure. If, if this is really what you want and this is the relationship that you want, your partner has to be willing to do everything to change. Your partner has to be willing to do that 50% or that 80% because it's just not going to work if you're the only person that wants it. If, you're, if your mm. partner isn't willing to and this is the person who's abusing you, unfortunately, it's never going to work. And it doesn't matter if you give this person kids. It's never going to change. The abuse is just going to get worse, right? And it yeah. can also be financially, too. Um, many times, um, my ex-boyfriend used to take checks away from me so I don't go and uh, remove myself from him because he knew that if I have mm. these kinds of freedoms to kind of branch out, that he was fucked. But the thing is that mm. being that if you're if you don't have like any autonomy here, you have no control of this situation. And unfortunately, you have to get out. But yeah. you can't just get out like it's the easiest thing. I call getting out almost like a gang initiation, right? Mm. Um if you're in the thick of it, you you run the risk of um him ending your life, you possibly mm. doing something to him you possibly um going to jail incarceration or being six feet under you know so it's a lot of things that you have to really set realistic expectations and know that if you feel like there's certain things that you have to hide from your partner then i would say those are bad signs from the very beginning if you feel like there's certain conversations that you feel like you don't want to share with your partner because you're worried about their emotions and, and the way they're going to exhibit their emotions and it's a little yeah. bit like erratic and they're going to be angry over something that honestly doesn't even warrant those type of emotions. I would mm -hmm. say move far away as possible as you can because yeah. there is no cure. This person is not going to change and you can't force that change. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. if this person doesn't want it, you can't do so yourself. But you have to be realistic yeah. about if the if if your partner is it doesn't like i said it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be um uh, it doesn't have to be physical abuse it can also be just emotional the person that yeah. never has to really touch you uh physically but they could do way more damage to you emotionally so that's yeah. it's it's a lot that you would have to sit down and write a list and and definitely um don't hide it tell your family mm -hmm. tell your friends tell whoever you can because the one thing i did was i hid it and unfortunately, yeah. my um, my mom kind of saw it show up on my skin when I had mm. bruises that I really couldn't explain anymore and I couldn't lie to her mm. anymore. But there is support out there. And I know a lot of family members, we don't want you guys to be hurt and in these kinds of abusive relationships. So we would do everything in our power to support you and try to help you with as much as we can with the resources that we have available to you. And so Yeah, and I... I agree with all that because actually that's one thing I did in my uh, prior marriage was kind of not necessarily intentionally hid, but I, I, I kind of keep things to myself. I kind of solve my own problems. That's the way I've always been. Um, but one of the big lessons I learned and my friends uh, called me to the carpet on it is Dude, you should have said something a long time ago. We should we could help you out with this a long time ago. Um, so definitely if you have a circle of friends, family, close friends, close family, whatever, um, I definitely agree. Have those conversations uh, because even if even if you're not seeing how bad it is, having a conversation and verbalizing to someone else may reveal to you that, yeah. holy crap, did I just say that? Did I just yeah. say that I'm going through that? And you realize how bad it is, but if you just keep it to yourself and don't tell anybody, you're never, it's just gonna be in your mind and your experiences and that's it. Right. But, and plus having somebody to bounce those things off of can, can allow you to get the feedback that says, hey dude, you need to get out. Or yeah. hey girl, you need to get out. For sure. Um, 
to express yourself. But I know, like, it's something, like, especially, like, when men get into relationships. I know their homeboys are encouraging them, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. go from girl to girl to girl. And I know, like, having conversations that are a little deep. I'm not saying, like, all guys, but I'm saying, like, yeah. there's just a lot of group of friends that I feel like you guys need to change if they're not going to like sit down and talk to you and have like a conversation because I know you guys are men. You guys were taught, hide your feelings. Don't talk about anything, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here and tell you, I find men expressing their feelings to be sexy as shit. And mm-hmm. honestly, if you have to talk about it, talk about it. If you, I don't care if you have to reveal that to a female, doesn't matter who just let it out and do not keep it to yourself yeah. because you matter. Yeah. Yeah, and my circle of friends, we, listen, we express each other. We, we said I love you to each other yesterday on Father's Day. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's the, uh, the last question I have for Q&A. And now I'm going to move to my favorite segment my guests call First Thoughts. Uh, but First Thoughts, first of all, is brought to you in part by SRE Solutions, simple solutions for complex problems. For over 15 years, SRE Solutions has provided today's solution to prevent tomorrow's problem. SRE Solutions will provide you effective, efficient, robust, and reliable business intelligence, application, website, design, and PC support services. For more information, visit their website at www.sresolutions.org. So Eileen, the way First Thoughts works is I give you a word or a phrase, the idea is what's your first thought. Uh, For my audience, if you're tuning in for the first time, like I always say, shame on you, but I'm happy you're here. I do not give or sneak these things to Eileen because that would be just deceitful and would ruin the actual First Thoughts part of it. So you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> all right. All right. So first, for, I like to start off with a softball. The first thought is motherhood. What's your first thought? Motherhood. Oh, my God, my daughter. Mm-hmm. Motherhood. Um, okay. So really, the first thought about motherhood, first of all, that shit is hard. <laughs> Difficult. Mm. Right? But then it's rewarding as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So next first thought, and we, we've actually touched on this a little bit, but emotional abuse. What's your first thought? Oh my God, emotional abuse. It gives me PTSD and it brings me back to the emotional abuse that I had endured, which is like, this is why I kind of was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> not good. But yeah, it's like, get out. Anything emotional yeah. abusive, get out. Get the hell out. <laughs> gotcha. All right, and last first thought is true love. What's your first thought? True love. Oh, my God. I'm a sucker for true love. Is that bad? <laughs> no. Feel free. I mean, we, we all technically should be. We all should be. I feel like it's just because I, feel, I don't know if it's the season for me, but I just feel like an abundance of love. Love is amazing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. You want to elaborate? Feel free. You can elaborate a little more if you want. Sure. So, like I said, like in a but like abundance of love like to me honestly it's just like in everything you do right and i'm Mm -hmm. i'm more so like i'm a person that i like to manifest right and laws of attraction and i'm a person that i believe like when you're positive you attract nothing but positivity you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so just be that magnet you know yeah gotcha yeah i kind of felt like there was something else in there you wanted to get out so that's why i asked you if you want to elaborate a little more thank you (laughs) all right so this season, I'm actually turning over the power to my guests uh, with a segment called um, T.O. First Thoughts. A great friend of mine came up with this idea. We call each other T.O. And so the idea is my guest gets to give me a first thought. Anything we've talked about or anything you want to simply fire at me at all. So, Eileen, what's your first thought for me? Marriage. Marriage. Uh, um, I would absolutely do it again, even though my first and only one was horribly ended and was a horrible decision. 
Um, but much like the first throw it, the last one I gave you, True Love, that's something I look forward to having and sharing with one person for the rest of my life at some point. So marriage to me is, is kind of, it's the ultimate goal, right? The marriage, the house, the children, the dog, two and a half dogs or two and a half children, whatever it is, <laughs> um, the dog, the picket fence, that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Um, so I'm looking forward to at some point getting it right with the right person at the right time. So that, that would be my answer. I think so too. And you also said that you were a father. So happy Father's Day. So fatherhood. Well, no, I'm not a father. I'm a five-time godfather. Oh, you're a so. godfather. You're not a father. Oh my God, I'm missing. Oh my. Well, you're still a father. A godfather is still a father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what. That's why I got the Father's Day wishes because I'm a godfather. It's a five different children. Oh my God, how so. is that being that you don't have kids? Like, how is that being a godfather? Um, it's beautiful to me. It's um, I get to put smiles. They all call me Uncle Dave in, in one way or another. But um, I get to put smiles on their faces. Then I get to give them back to their parents. And then I get to go <laughs> live life and come back and do it again. But no, it's um, it's a it's a preview into my own fatherhood um, journey at some point in life when I actually get there. Um, but it's that's another part of like the marriage side, looking forward to being a father someday. I get to like partially experience this with these five different children, and they're they're spread out in ages. The oldest is sixteen. The youngest is let's see, seven, eight. So, yeah. Cute little. I got to, I got to take. I talk about on my on a prior. I think two episodes ago. Um, I took my uh, the, the oldest one, a sixteen year old, to a, basically a Comic Con thing. She's big into cosplay and all this stuff, which I had to learn that word to know even what it meant. But um, lit up her whole day. She it was so surprised. I got dressed up because I had to. I had to play the part. Um, she was not expecting that surprise her. But just to be there and and put a smile as big as a smile was on her face for twenty four hours straight was pretty cool. So that type of stuff is actually pretty cool. I'm not a big, uh, you know, yeller, disciplinary type of person. So when the, the godchildren act up, I kind of just give them a look. Like, listen, <laughs> I'm a nice guy, but listen, go sit down. <laughs> but, yeah. No, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a little preview into hopefully my future. Yeah, that sounds so good, though. But trust me, when you have your own home, it's, it's, it's definitely, you're definitely going to probably have to put out, like, pull out your stern voice a little oh, yeah. more than normal. Yeah. But it's Count amazing. to five, all, all the different tools. I'm going to pull them out. Yeah. Oh, and another word that I'm thinking, what about gratitude? Gratitude. Um, for me, it's, it's really just all the things I've been through to be where I'm at in life right now. Um, the happiness that I have, the friends that are in my circle, family that's my circle. Um, even though last year was hard to me losing two very important people in my life, but to be where I am and this journey that I've been on and the happiness that I have in my heart is, you know, I'm great. I'm grateful for that. That is so good. I think I think seriously, like that's that's the way to go. I love what you touch, you touched up on, and I'm sorry that you lost two people. It always sucks, you know, because that's just mm -hmm. the circle of life, you know. But yeah, for sure. And I want to also ask you something, Dave's head. What's in Dave's head? <laughs> <laughs> What's in Dave's head? Um, today, head? today, honestly, it was a low energy day for me. Um, I get you know you go through those every once in a while. So I, I literally laid in bed until I don't know twelve one o'clock, whatever time it was, and I had to get ready because then I saw your email like, oh, crap, she chose the wrong time. But, um, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm not used to doing nothing. I'm always doing something. And so this weekend has been very low-key for me, except, you know, I went golfing one day, and then I went um, a Father's Day dinner um, nice. yesterday. But generally, it was very low-key, which I'm not used to. So that sometimes puts me in a low-energy mood where I'm like, I really don't feel like doing anything today. But... But I also don't like that because I'm, I'm very go, 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 go. What I got to do now? Check this off. Check that off. Okay. You know, I have a whole whiteboard full of stuff that I want to do. But, um, yeah, that's all. 
That's so good though. You remind me of me because I'm the same way. I the same way like the same weekend you were experiencing. I was also because I'm like I'm I'm so used to always running around doing something, and I'm like, man, I never really get to sit down and relax. And mm-hmm. then like when you do. You kind of get the flow, like, from Friday to, like, now. You're like, all right, maybe I'm yeah. done relaxing. Because I'm like you. Like, I, I'm busy constantly doing something, some 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 kind of project or some kind of um, homework that I got to help my daughter or my students pass social studies. So mm-hmm. We're always yeah. doing something. But it's okay as well for us to also relax and just, you know, quiet down our little thoughts and, and just watch a nice movie. Comedy, potentially. Yeah. You know? Raise up your have, vibrations. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, I have I have like trashy reality TV stuff I watch on Netflix. It's it, nobody should be watching it, but I, for some reason I'm a sucker for it. I just sit there and watch that stuff all day. Um, so yeah, that's that's when. But the thing is, when I'm doing nothing, I feel like I should be doing something, and so that's kind of like my distraction. I put on one of the reality TV shows and just kind of waste brain cells of that stuff. Yeah, I hear you too. I was a guilty. Um, I was guilty of loving love and hip hop. That was my show mm-hmm. since I think I was like a teenager and then mm-hmm. I kind of grew out of it now in my 30s. But I think all of us are guilty of watching some kind of reality TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watch like Are You the One and Perfect Match and those oh, types nice. of shows. All, all dating, I watch all dating shows for the most part. Besides right. um, Big Brother, I do watch that one. Um, what's the other one I watch? Oh, and cooking shows. I watch all the cooking shows. Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen Nightmare, um, whatever nice. the other one. Anything Gordon Ramsay, I'm probably watching it. Look at you preparing yourself to be someone's husband. Look at that watching cooking shows, dating shows. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, someday, someday. Yeah, there you go. You're manifesting all of that, you know? (laughs) Yep. Taking it. Just baby steps to get there. Baby steps. Make sure it's right. I'm taking it in strides, but I hear Mm -hmm. you with the low energy. Yeah. But, you know, it's once I get in front of the mic, it's it's all good. Um, So, Eileen, that's... um, the end of the interview segment before i let you go the last thing i'd like to do with my guests is is there anything you want to talk about or topic you want to discuss or anything you want to say at all feel free to do so now sure well you guys are i'm i want to honestly say thank you to dave thank you so much for having me on this podcast like i am so grateful and this is actually one of the first times since i've been on a podcast where i actually have to show my face i've never done it and I want to tell you, Dave, that I appreciate it because you have given me this like platform where I'm like, I'm not so scared anymore. And I feel a little bit relaxed. And I feel like it's your energy and it's just your demeanor, you know? And yeah, so to- I told you we were going to have fun. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And also to your listeners, like, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for even tuning in and listening to me be Dave's guest. Like, I so appreciate it giving us your time because time is valuable. And the fact that you guys, even like 45 minutes to like 30 minutes, depending on the episode that you guys are taking out time of your day, man, I appreciate that on such a deep level. And I'm I'm grateful. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm actually. I wish I could do a 45 minute episode. I'm like an hour and a half for everyone at least. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work on ways to shorten it. Like I need to talk less. Probably that's probably what it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to shorten these episodes. You it takes a while what? to edit. It takes a while to edit and post produce. The longer they are too. So it's a lot. But me personally, I love long episodes. I think all of us love long episodes because I guess I'm on episodes on like 20, like 25 minutes to like 30 minutes. I'm like, say mm. more. Don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I've had, in four seasons, I think I've had two two-hour episodes. And even for me, I'm like, that's just way too long. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm trying to focus on the one-hour mark as much as I can. We'll yeah, see. For sure. Probably more like an hour and a half. But 
Um, I do want to thank you for stepping in Dave's head, Eileen, and take care of yourself. And oh, have a great you summer. So you too, Dave. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And thank you for having me on, as always. My absolute favorite segment on my podcast is my grin, which stands for great reason to be in love with now. When this episode drops, we will be almost a full week removed from Father's Day and Juneteenth, which were back to back uh, last weekend. Now, I talked about with Eileen, uh, my guest, about being a five time godfather and someday soon. Well, not soon, but, you know, someday. I mean, it could be soon. You never know. But someday in the future, sometime in the future, um, I will hopefully be a dad myself. Uh, one, th- one quick thing, one quick complaint that I have. I see this on social media every single year. It never fails. It's gotten less and less. So I will applaud that. Um, ladies, do me a favor. Father's Day is not single as Mother's Day. I'll say that again. Father's Day is not single Mother's Day. I respect and admire the single mothers out there in this world. There's a Mother's Day. That This is a day we celebrate you. There's some good men in this world who are great fathers. They deserve to be celebrated unapologetically. So, But Juneteenth, rocking my shirt here, um, is a... a, a, a national holiday a national holiday now i believe the first time was last year i think last year was the first year um it's obviously a day of celebration a remembrance for um slavery ending and everything around that the slaves down in texas being told and the celebration that took place way back then way 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 back then i've always said side note i've always said and i know people say this all the time i could never been a slave now, I don't know if I was, you know, reincarnated. You never know. You never know these things. Who knows? I might have been reincarnated in my prior life. I might have been asleep. I think today's day, they would have just had to kill me. But I um, I think as we have the days off for these types of things, Juneteenth, um, you could put Moral Day um, in there as well because, you know, it's all about loss. And it's all about there's a lot of people in this world circling back to Juneteenth there's a lot of black people um, who were mistreated to, and endured a lot to get to that point of freedom. And so it's great to have the day off. Um, but we have to, even if we just take a moment and reflect, just take a single moment and reflect on the factual history of this country. And I know certain parts of this country, history has been attacked from all sides and been literally eradicated from education and all that stuff. And hopefully um, in the future, we'll, we'll fight those, those demons back and, and tell the truth about the things that have happened in this country. And it's okay to tell the truth. It doesn't make you a bad person to learn the truth. It doesn't make you a bad person to know that people um, in the past did things entirely wrong way. But it's facts. It's truth. And it should be told as facts and as truth. But... Having Father's Day being the day before and a three-day weekend, I thought there was, was a great opportunity, um, again, to celebrate fathers and do something great for dads. And so my grin for this episode is, now, obviously, if you're going to get ideas from me for Father's Day, that means you didn't do something or you didn't do enough on the actual Father's Day. Never too late to celebrate a good man. Just want to say that. So if you kind of messed up Father's Day, Here's my top three things that I think you can do to make it up. 
Number three, in this reverse order, because you got to say number one, the best. Um, treat dad or the good man, father, to a massage, a ball game, dinner. And if he's up for it, I say some hoo-ha. You have to go back and find the movie um, that references that. Why will this work? Um, I don't know any man that doesn't like massage. Um, I don't know any man that doesn't like sports. I don't know any man that doesn't like steak unless they don't eat meat. But, and then the last one, you. And so it's, to me, it's a great quadrant or whatever the four letter word we want to put there or a meaning for four um, to give a massage, to do sports, to do that big steak or big piece of chicken or however you know the reference I'm talking about. And then you. Now, when I, when I go back and for a second and talk about messing up, it doesn't mean you forgot. It doesn't mean you, I mean, if you forgot Father's Day, I don't know how, but if you forgot Father's Day or forgot to do something, maybe the timing wasn't there. Maybe you were working a double or something. So it doesn't necessarily mean you messed up. It just means on Father's Day, he wasn't celebrated the way you wanted to. And here's the ways you can make it up. So treat dad to a massage, a ball game, dinner, and then you for dessert. Number two, I will say pay for or arrange his favorite leisure activity. So if it's golf, buy him a round of golf or buy him some lessons. Um, Cause you know, we all could use some lessons. I know I could use some lessons, but buy him a, guy, a round of golf at his favorite golf course. Um, if he likes fishing, contact his friends, you know, inbox his friends. Hey, I'm gonna put a surprise fishing trip together. And for my husband, for my boyfriend, for the father of my children, whatever his title is, I want to put this fishing trip together. Get your boys together, make a surprise. Y'all go do y'all thing. Um, poker, you know, he plays poker. Call the fellas up or inbox the fellas up or however you can contact the fellas. Say, hey, come on over. I'll get it catered. Y'all can have poker night. I'll disappear or I go take the kids somewhere or whatever. Um, or just a fellas afternoon. Have the guys all come over. You know, the father, husband, whatever his title is. Both, possibly. Um, they kick back, smoke cigars, have some drinks, you know, play some music, but it's just his fellas. Just, you know, the whole point is favorite leisure activities. Could be his friends, could be fishing, could be golf, could be poker, could be going to a casino, could be just people watching on rooftop bars. By the way, great idea for me. Take me to a rooftop bar. Let me watch people all day and sip on something, eat some good food. I'm simple. Works for me. But why will this work? Well, it'll work because he'll be in his smile zone is what I call it. Now, full disclosure, if he sucks at golf, might not be the most enjoyable. Might be a little frustrating when he comes back home. Just saying. But he'll be enjoying things stress-free for the most part. Or he'll just drink on the golf course and forget all the bad shots he's hitting. That's what we do. Um, but it, it'll put him in his smile zone because it's all the things you know. And hopefully you're paying attention enough to him. You know him enough. Y'all know each other enough that you know his go-to smile zone things. And I call it smile zone things because, you know, I get on my car, step on the golf course. I'm fellowshipping with my friends, my, my fellas. It puts a smile on my face. We laugh and we're joking. We listen to music. We're smoking cigars or having some drinks, whatever. It puts a smile on my face. I don't fish anymore, really. But that's something I see people do all the time. They go on fishing trips in the ocean. They're all having a good time. They got cooler. They're catching big and really, really small fish. Um, having beers and have a good time. Poker. We, we all have fun, you know, for those who play poker, playing poker with the fellas, you know, we sit around, talk between hands and all this stuff. We talk about life. It's, it's very stress-free-ish. 
And then, you know, who doesn't like spending time with their fellows, their crew, their homies? Sitting around bullshitting, talking about back in the day at Polk High when you ran for three touchdowns and picked off two passes and all the other things that we talk about as fellows uh, when we get together. That'll put him in his smile zone. Even if it's just one day. Puts him in a smile zone, let him know that you recognize the man that he is and that he could use something like this. Number one, though, for me, is give him a nothing weekend where whatever he wants to do or not do is the choice. Say that again. Give him a nothing weekend. I'd even give him a card, say, <laughs> an empty card. And so when he asks, like, listen, you're writing the story this weekend. If you want to sit around butt naked watching Netflix and eating white cheddar popcorn, drinking, you know, tequila. And I feel like I'm telling my story. That's what I would like to do. But if you wanted to do something like that, you wanted to sit around, do nothing, just watch sports. You wanted to go away for a weekend. You want to do whatever you want to do. It's your choice. Why would this work? Well, you know, we like making decisions, right? Um, we like having the power. And so that gives him the power to create his own smile zone. You don't have to worry about uh, maybe he's going to play bad golf and maybe, you know, he won't feel like golfing. You don't have to worry about uh, maybe he's not feeling touchy feely with a massage or anything like that. It's whatever he wants to do that puts him in the smile zone. Now, I will forewarn you, you're making this about him, right? So giving him the power to choose his own smile zone. You may find it doesn't include you. <laughs> you may find that he actually wants to just get away for a weekend. It's not a reflection on you. It's not a reflection on anything bad. It's just he might just want to get away for a weekend. Go camping. Go sit in a, at the, the shore and just drink beer and get sunburned. He might just want to do that. He might just want to go read a book and relax and do nothing. He might say, hey, I want to go to the man cave. Can I just stay in the man cave all weekend? Watch sports and drink food, drink food, drink beer, eat food. Can I just do that? But be prepared that if you give him the power to make complete choice of what puts him in his smile zone, he might choose to do something that doesn't involve you. And not to look at it as he doesn't want to be around you, but he just that's something he wants to do right now. Or the other side, too, you may have thought that by giving him that power, you would get a free weekend away from him. Be prepared also if his smile zone and what he does 100% includes you, right? Because you could be his smile zone no matter what, and he wants to do these things with you because the combination of what he's doing and you being there puts him in a smile zone. Bottom line, be prepared that when you surrender that power, any and everything can happen. But what I do promise you, if you take one of those three things, and if you messed up, or hey, here's a thought, Maybe do it just because. But if you happen to mess up and you want to take one of those three options, here's what I do promise you. Don't hold it to me. Don't sue me if it doesn't work. But I do promise you that if you do one of those three things, he'll be crushing that honeydew list. You know, we all have, we all have that honeydew list, fellas, that we have to navigate our way through. And ladies, you all have that honeydew list that you just be randomly adding stuff to without telling us sometimes, too. But he'll be crushing that honeydew list. Because there's nothing like feeling appreciated by someone you love and care about. Nothing like it. There's nothing like that feeling of saying, and to use an avatar, um, quote, I see you. But there's nothing like your partner 
your friend, your confidant, your lover, um, all the different levels of the person you care about and are in a situation with that they, they want to do this. There's nothing like getting those accolades thrown at you that I appreciate you for who you are and what you do as a man, as a father. Same way on Mother's Day, right? Because on Mother's Day, you want the same thing, right? So say thank you to your boyfriends, husbands, baby daddies, whatever the title is. One of those three ways, and I promise you, you'll get some honey-do list items checked off real quick. I want to thank Eileen Santos for stepping into Dave's head. It's always a tough um, conversation to talk about things like violence, abuse. And the stats that I kind of reeled off, um, read off, excuse me, a little bit before um, I brought in Eileen, they were really humbling to me. They were, I do my research for all these episodes based on the topic and the interviewee that I'm going to be speaking to. And so I wanted to see what the actual numbers were. A million plus incidents a year. It's crazy. 20,000 calls a day is ridiculous. And so if there's one thing you took from that interview with Eileen is the conversation we had around red flags. Everyone should keep their hands to themselves and respect the other person's body, mind, all that. And if you're in a situation, in a relationship where you're going through or suffering physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, any other type of abuse, Understand that you still possess the power to walk away. And you should. Part B of that lesson, talk to your circle. Because even if you just verbalize what you're going through, like I said in the interview, if sometimes if you just verbalize something and you hear it, it's way different than just it's sitting in your mind. But if you actually verbalize the truth of situations, sometimes it makes you see you, you shouldn't be in those situations. So reach out to your inner circle, whoever you consider the closest confidant. Gives the best advice. But don't sit in a situation of abuse, allowing in many ways that abuse to continue. We all want to see the best in people. I promise you we do. Sometimes the best isn't there. But check out Eileen Santos' podcast on Spotify, MBP, Mary Boy punter i'm really bad with that stuff murder blood and psychopaths you can find her on instagram at murder blood and psychopath thank you again eileen for stepping into dave's head support our sponsors digger movers at www.diggermovers.com for all your safe and swift moving needs both local and long distance and sre solutions for all your pc support website design application development network both wired and wireless runs all type of stuff SRE Solutions is at www.sresolutions.org. And if you're interested in sponsoring on Dave's head, reach out to me on any of my social media or email or website, and we can make it happen. So abusive relationship survival and dads. Both great reasons to be in love with now. One last thing. I know you're used to me ending right there. One last thing. I'm taking a little break. So it's a little break and then I come back and then a bigger break. Um, so this will be my last episode until the end of July. 
We'll be skipping an episode in the beginning of July because I'll be traveling. I'll be away. We'll come back with episode 11 the fourth week in July. And then I'll be going away again twice, actually, in August. So no episodes in August as we normally do anyway. Um, and then we'll come back in September. So check out on YouTube, Instagram, Dave's Head Pod or Dave's Head Podcast if you're on YouTube. Check out my website, daveshead.card with two R's dot co for all the updates short videos and everything else that's all for this episode of dave's head new episodes release on the second and fourth friday of the month for all things dave's head check out our website at daveshead.card with two r's dot co subscribe to watch new episodes on youtube or spotify video or to listen via your preferred podcast player go to anchor.fm forward slash dave's head pod thank you for watching or listening as always enjoy life because life should be fun. Take care.